I'm Liam Printer, and this is The Motivated Classroom. Hello, buenos dias, falcha, bienvenidos, bonjour, guten tag, hola, konnichiwa, and welcome to The Motivated Classroom podcast. I hope you are all well. Thank you for joining me. So today we are building upon the last couple of episodes, which were episodes 104 and 105, can't believe that I'm saying that but there you go on basically the beginning of the school year how we start to build relationships how we put motivation over examination how we build trust and setting ourselves up for a great year with lots of solid routines that are going to allow us to provide optimal interesting inputs to our students now today is really about weeks three four and beyond what happens now that we've started to do that? What happens when we really go into the units? How do we begin those units? Considering many of us listening to this are working with a prescribed curriculum, we're working within a particular framework of preparing students for big exams. How do we fit all of the interesting, important, intriguing inputs into that curriculum and those exams and all of the other things we have hanging over us? So hopefully you'll get a little bit of that today. But you know where you are and you know what you're listening to. So obviously we need the Irish word for today. On fuckle Gaeilge, the word in Irish for word is fuckle, which was always very interesting and great as a teenager. You felt like you were getting away with a very bad word, but actually it's just a word for a word in Irish. So today's Irish word is the word fuckle, which means word in Irish. And yeah, I know you're listening like going, really? Is that it? Yeah, and there was actually a famous, well, infamous, I would say, Irish singer comedian who brought out a, a song which was emphasizing that word to get lots of young people and teenagers shouting the word fuckle all over the place just so that it sounded really bad when actually they're only saying the word word in Irish so there you go you'll probably remember that one of course so I want to get straight into this now and think about what are my goals building from the last couple of weeks. So up until now we've focused a lot on routines, on setting up of the class, getting to know the students a fair bit and now really we want to build on that and I like to think in these weeks three, four and beyond I'm focusing on cohesion, connections and competence. Competence being a big one in these next couple of weeks. So we've done a lot of building of community, but now I've focused a lot on autonomy and relatedness so far as those psychological needs of intrinsic motivation. But now I need them to start feeling competent, feeling that they can do it, a perception that they can be successful in this class. So how do you do that when you have big exams and how do you go about that? So hopefully I'll be able to explain a little bit of how I try and embed that in my classroom. And as I said many times, this is just my take on it. I hope some of it's useful, but you may do things much better than I do. I'm sure you do probably. So surprise, surprise. On that third week, what's the first thing I'm really thinking of? The class routines. And this will go on and on and on throughout the year. I realise today our students actually go away on a school trip really at the beginning of the year. It's all about building connections and bonds. So they've only had a couple of weeks of school and then they're away for a few days. So of course, when they come back, they've forgotten all of the routines and you have to essentially start again. But that is fine because it's more opportunities for input, of course. So it's the first class of week three and they now know that they don't walk into the class. They have to stand outside. They know that there is the contraseña, the password to get in. So I'm still giving them that. 
making eye contact, talking to them. How was their weekend? How was the trips away at the door? And then they say it. And now they know a bit when they walk in, they need to look at the board and see what's needed. So they can see the materials they need. They know they should grab their book from the library, our free voluntary reading library. And then they are supposed to sit down and start reading in silence. All of my classes on week three, first day, I had to remind them of that immediately. I said, we had to go out, start again outside the door. What do you do? You go, you get your book. And when I walk in, after having greeted everyone at the door, it should be in total silence and everyone is reading. Why are we doing that? Porque leer es poder. So we go over these things again and, and it's just more repetitions and they get into that feeling of, okay, I need to come in and read. So the free voluntary reading has started now in all my classes, except for my total beginners. And it's going really well. They actually are really engaging with sitting and reading silently for those five or 10 minutes. And some of the students who are typically loudest or potentially most disruptive are actually really getting into their book and sitting and reading. And so we have a nice little system going on where they come in, get their book, get their materials, sit down, open their book. And after five or six minutes, they know I'm there at the front reading my book as well. And they know that after five or six minutes, they're gonna need to teach a word that they've learned to their friend and about the context of that word. And I'll remind them of that when there's one minute to go, I'll say, remember, you need one word or sentence. You're going to teach to your compañero, the person who's beside you, and explain the context of that word. You have one more minute. So then they read more for a minute and then they teach that word. They get to talk to each other a little bit. Of course, I've given them sentences like, my word is, I learned this word, it means, the context is. And it's a bit of a mixture of English and Spanish among my lower levels, but most of the upper levels are using full Spanish when they're doing this. And again, I'll take the opportunity after the reading section to ask them, why are we doing this? Why are we reading? And they'll be like, well, leer es poder. Yeah. And then I'll remind them of this constantly. This goes on over and over again. And actually, I just spoke to a colleague before I came in here to record. And she has my class from year nine, or maybe it's year 10, that I've had for the last couple of years. And she ha now has that class. We've kind of switched over. She has them. And she said that like, Whenever they start reading something, at least two or three of them will say, Porque leer es poder. And she'll be like, yeah, absolutely. And she was like, they're all so into reading and they really know why it's important. And that's from that emphasis over and over again saying that. So they realize there is a reason why we're doing this reading. It's not just to fill the time. Now, importantly, of course, we're only on our third week. So for those students who are new to me, or particularly those classes who are totally new to me, of which I have one, they're in their second year of Spanish, but I've never taught any of them before they're still figuring each other out and they're still figuring me out as well. So we still need some of these cohesion and connection activities. So one of the things I always put into this week and I make sure it's in there in most weeks is some whiteboard activities in pairs. So they work together as a pair and I'm strategically sitting them at the moment. And some of them at the door today said things like, oh, can we not sit with our friends? And I had to explain, not yet, not at the moment, but you will get to move every two weeks for now. This is the seat for two weeks and we don't have any tables at the moment. They're all pushed back. And so there's scaffolds on the boards for the younger ones and depending on what they need to do with the activity. But typically it's some kind of mini little safe competition in pairs with the class. So this is often a review activity. The whiteboard activity could be something like, OK, um, last week we learned about Mr. Printer's trip to Mexico and his big belly flop. Uh, I want you to try and write these sentences. One person write, one person help, and then you're going to switch over. 
and they get really into it and they're helping each other. They're really into the activity. It can be very simple stuff like uh, I might say a number and then they have to try and remember how that number related to the story and write their best version of that. It might be a direct translation. It could be an image I pop up and they have to write what they remember about that image. It could be the name of a place. And then, you know, they, they hold up their whiteboards when they think they're ready and I'll decide on the ones that, you know, get a point or not. And sometimes it's fastest first gets the point if it's something really straightforward. Sometimes it's, oh, this is a really complex structure or this is a really nice use. So I love the way you put that there. So then they'll get the point. Sometimes there's more points. And typically I'll make sure that those students who maybe don't succeed as much as others will get a point for something. And, and it really helps to start to build competence. They're working together. They're working in pairs. They're listening, they're trying to write together, they're going over things. And when there's mistakes or they can't remember things, that's more opportunities for me to give input with my listening and reading. So I'll start talking to them about things again, or I might show up two or three key sentences from the text about me going to Mexico and why that section and be like, oh yeah, you went up the mountain on a bike. And that maybe was something they were working on. So when I talk about scaffolds, what I mean is the older students might just have one word that might help them. But for the younger ones, when we did that story about me going to Mexico, I had on the board today kind of three or four things that would be kind of key for this whiteboard activity. So I had, for example, fue a, which means went to. I had subieron la montaña, as in they went up the mountain, because I was saying that we went up the mountain on bikes. I had a salto, like he jumped into. And so when I gave the sentence, they didn't have a translation for that, but it was on the board and they had to kind of work together and go, oh yeah, jumped, that's salto. And then they were writing the correct verb and then they had to fill in the rest of the sentence. But because they're working in little pairs, they're building connections, but also building competence that they can remember, they can do things, they're active, they're learning. And these are just quick review activities. It could be something else with the whiteboards, like, write down things we learned about each other. I might write down the name of the kid's cat and they'll have to write down what that is or why. And then the last thing I did with one of the older classes was we had a text that we had looked over last week. We're doing a unit on revolucionarias that's just begun, uh, which on revolutionary Hispanic women. And we talked about Diana Trujillo. She is an engineer, a scientist and someone who is responsible for the rover on Mars recently and so it's a great kind of person to talk about and we enjoyed learning about her but I have some basic text that I'd written up about her and what I did was I showed the exact same text from the week before but there were a couple of things missing from it and the words were actually underneath and they were there was a mixture of like verbs things numbers and they had to work together to put the numbers in order And of course, some of you might listen and go, yeah, but you know, they maybe didn't understand anything. They just guessed correctly, but it was more opportunities for input for me. So if they chose the word confirmed instead of designed, we'd say, why couldn't designed go here? Oh, because of this, this and this. And why did confirmed go here? Correct. And what else did she do? And does anybody else do that? And we're making connections, more input, more connections, more talking, more cohesion. But they felt competent because they could understand this text we'd already seen together. They were working together in pairs and they were coming up with the right order. And then they were able to explain to me why it was this one and not that one. It was simple. It wasn't overly difficult. There was no more than three or four words missing and three or four options. So it was pretty straightforward, high incompetence. But it gave me opportunities to explain. And it also gave me opportunities. This is their third year of Spanish. So I'm focusing a lot on noticing that 
aspect of second language acquisition, when we draw attention to grammatical intricacies or parts of the language or order of words so that they can start to notice it when they read and when they listen. And then eventually they can hopefully try and internalize this. So I was drawing their attention to the way the the words looked at the end when they were in past tense, just drawing their attention to it. That was it. We moved on. But that's that noticing activity. So it was building competence. Very simple, just three or four words missing is a text that they were very familiar with. They'd seen already. They'd heard me talk about already. And it was an easy thing to do. So it raised their competence together. Now, of course, it's the beginning of the week. So we also give our phrase of the week for each class. And we practice a little bit of it, talk about it. Why do we use that? And then we were getting into the unit. So one of my classes The unit is all about your friends, going out, hobbies, pastimes. And so we've started with an invisible character and we're going to build a story about that character. And for now, we've just got as far as there's a character. It happens to be a a cardboard box this year and it's they're a party animal. They love going out partying and they party all the time and they love going out different types of music. They have like two huge ears, but a really small nose so they can listen to the music and concentrate on that, but not get the smells in the club. All these things came out from the class. So we're doing that with one class. Now, the other class, if we're working on this unit on revolutionary Hispanic women, that's a bit more serious of a topic that we're getting into. So I wanted to kind of start it off a bit more. I want to learn about them. I want to know about them, but it's more of a serious topic. So today they're in their third year Spanish. We were looking at some videos around that, talking about it, but then trying to draw connections to their lives. Was there any other famous people from their cultures they knew about? And many of them didn't know much about that. So they're going to talk to their parents and ask, is there someone famous in our culture that I should know about? Uh, and and then if they're told someone there had to probe and ask, is there any famous women I should know about? Because we're really focusing on famous women in history. And then we were getting into our book. So the book that we are using with that class is Maria Cano by Adriana Ramirez. And that is the backbone of our unit. So we started that today and we started looking at who she is, where she's from. We looked at Adriana's video and then we began the book and we just read one chapter, talked about who she is why it's so important, these things that she feels she's got to fight for. But because, again, it's a kind of a serious topic, we did this and we were talking about it and we're talking about the importance of equality in society and why we're doing this. I really wanted to make sure as well that there's a part when we can just kind of have a little bit more of relaxed fun learning about each other. So I kind of compartmentalize that and say, right, now we're going to do something different and we're going to learn a little bit about each other. And then we might do a little bit of a special person interview. Someone came up and we learned about, you know, their animals and where's the country they would love to go if money wasn't an option or where would what law would they like to change in our current school? And we learned a little bit about them. And if there's an opportunity to make a connection to the book, we'll go for that. But it's kind of an aside to allow them to just be immersed in the language, enjoy it and and have fun and learn about each other. And again, they're feeling competent because they're understanding a lot of what's going on. Now, people have asked me, how do you introduce or start a topic like that? Do you just put it up on the board and say, this is what we're going to talk about? Sometimes, yes, it can give a good roadmap of this is where we're going. But again, I want to try and raise their autonomy. So one of the things I did with this class was an activity about, it's kind of called, I'd like to call it, listen, imagine, and then draw. So that's the activity we do, and I'll explain it, how it works. 
So what I got the students to do in this class we're doing with the revolutionary women is I got them to close their eyes and just listen. And I read out a variety of sentences and I wanted them to just start to imagine a person like I was going to speak in the I form, the first person. And I wanted them to imagine what I looked like, who I am, what type of person I am. And then afterwards, they were going to try and, and draw or explain that person a little bit. And so I started off with sentences like, I'm leaving my house. I'm really looking forward to seeing my friends. I'm really excited. I think it's going to be great. Um, I can hear people laughing and kind of shouting things at me. I'll, I'll keep walking. And now what's this person? There's people staring at me and someone is just like whistled. And now someone shouted, oh, nice legs. And as I'm walking, I'm just more and more conscious of what's going on. It's, it's a little bit dark. I'm not sure I really want to go down that street. And now I walk a little bit further and somebody shouts out, nice ass. And I start to feel really uncomfortable. I'm really looking forward to my friends showing up now. I don't really want this to be the case. And we do a few sentences like this and then they stop and I get them to draw the person that they were thinking in their brain or write it. And of course, every single person in the class wrote or drew about a woman. And we talked about why. And then they said, well, because you mentioned the legs and the ass. And I said, well, why is that stuff not shouted at men? Like, why, why did you immediately think of a woman? And it made them just kind of stop for a minute and go, hmm, yeah, why did I think of a woman? And the reason is, is because, of course, that's what society tells us happens. You know, it's, I am a man, I explained this to them. I have never experienced those type of things being shouted at me ever once in my entire life. Yet there's very few of my female friends that have not experienced that at least once in their life. Most of them many times. And then we explain that is why we're talking about equality, women's rights, women's vote and the importance of all of that. It kind of gets the teenage boys on board a little bit because I think they're on the other side of this push on equity and inclusion at the moment that they're like, all we ever talk about is gay characters, black characters, Hispanic characters, women, disabled characters. We never talk about just like a normal white man. And to a certain extent, they're maybe right, but that's because of the historical part. And because in lots of other subjects, you're talking about famous white men who've discovered things. And in this Spanish class, we're not going to do that. And so it's to try and get them on board to see this is the reason we still live in a very unequal world. If your brain automatically goes to one gender when you think that, well, then they experience life in a very different way than we do. And our privilege is massive that we never have to worry about these things when we walk outside our door. And it just makes them start to think about it. These are 15, 14, 15 year old boys. And they are. It does make them stop and go, huh, Okay. And then, you know, I say, if you've got a sister or a mum or a friend who's a girl or an auntie or a cousin, many of them, sadly, will have been experiencing this throughout their lives many times. And that is why we're doing this, because we need to change the way women are seen. We need to really highlight the fantastic, brilliant, amazing things that revolutionary women have done to change the world. And that's why we're doing this unit. So I'll often do something like that when it's a bit of a more serious unit, like similar type thing for migration. Get them to do like listen, imagine and then draw. So they're listening intently. It's quite an emotive thing I'm doing. And then they'll think about it, draw it. Then we talk about it. Why do you do this? Why this? And it brings out lots of 
interesting things, but it's also more opportunities for me to provide input that's interesting. So then as we go into the rest of the days of the week, you know, towards the end of the week, we're, we're building on this, we're building the story around this book and what's happened. Um, we may bring in some parallel characters who also, in a, if the book is kind of serious, then the parallel character will be kind of serious, you know. We don't kind of throw in jokey, stupid characters in things that are a little bit more serious. And, and that's why I have that compartmentalized bit when we might do something that's just different. It's learning about each other and it can be just kind of fun and, and we don't have to always talk about really serious topics. And I think that's important too, to, to let them just be immersed in the language and enjoy that. We'll do other whiteboard activities. So one of the ones I like to do during the week, um, bringing in again some relationships is the bingo game. Very straightforward. Think of three words from the previous class, write them on your whiteboard, stand up when you've got them. And then they stand up and then I start talking about the previous class. And if I mention a word on your board, you're out. And they suddenly realise I need difficult words to win. So they start really thinking. They might even look at their notes. And then we might do give one, get one. Write as many words as you can now from the previous lesson. And then you go around, you exchange one, put your hand in the air and go meet someone else. And they're trying to get the biggest list. Whoever has the longest list essentially will win. I'm also adding jobs in each class now. Every class, there's another couple of jobs that come up. Like today, I realized I didn't have anyone controlling the contraseña, the password at the door yet. So that was given out. In the other class, I realized I didn't have anybody to look for the remote control because I always lose it. I put it all over the place. And so I need someone on that job. And I had to introduce that one today. And we're building in the other class more about our invisible character. And we're just building now in that in those medium classes in during the week. So culminating towards the end of the week in our last class is what happens. Well, usually some kind of reflection task on those three or the third or fourth lesson of the week. I have four lessons in a week, typically 45 minutes each. So it might be reflecting on what connections do we make about each other? Or it might be them connecting to the invisible character and having fun with it. How can you connect to it? What are the similarities and differences to people in our class? And, you know, say, oh, John has a, a little dog, but our invisible character, the box, he just has two big ears because he loves listening to music. And then we'll have other people connecting to the book about Maria Cano. What was the activity that you liked most this week? Which one really stuck with you? And I'll give them the phrases they'll need. But it's typically some kind of quiet individual writing reflection time happening towards the end of the week and reviewing what we've gone over so far. Now, things that haven't happened yet that will happen in the coming weeks and months are, for example, our digital shared document, which I call Empecemos Expertos, meaning let's get started experts. So in that document, it's usually on the first day of the week. We've done our free reading time. Then they open up that document and they're writing things on this shared Google Doc that they learned the previous week. And there's different sections. There's a section for new words, important phrases, our class. And then they're writing things down there. And there's a section for other as well, which is like cultural aspects that we learned or I don't know, like little rules we learned or something. And they all go in there and they, this is shared between all of them. And it's something they can study and look back on when we're coming up for a unit assignment or something. And this is just for five minutes. And then I'll, again, it gives me time to look over what they've written and go, oh, yeah, why did we write this word? Oh, yeah, because John needed to get a hamster, but they couldn't find one. So he ended, his parents ended up buying a guinea pig instead. And, you know, it just allows me to give them more of those inputs again. They may write a summary in their own language about what's been going on or what's happening. I like to do things like that to translanguage. We've not really started the reading diary yet, but it will start at the end of usually this week, week three. So they'll pick something out of the book 
that they find is really important and they'll copy that phrase down and reflect on it. That typically happens now with the book that we've started in class. They'll also do things like read to parents. So it might be a page of the book translated into your mother tongue with parents. So again, the importance of reading. Other things that we will do that haven't happened yet in this particular couple of weeks. So this is like things I learned from my classmates and it could be about them. It could be a fact. It could be something they didn't know, like the capital of some country. Or it could simply be parts of the language or words that they use at the end of our free voluntary reading when we're teaching words to each other. It's trying to show them that they're learning from each other and from me and that we're all a community. And then we'll do little silly competitions on the last day of the week as well to kind of give them some energy. So again, these are typically done on many whiteboards. They're all done in good jest and humour and fun. Might be quickly write down as many of the classroom jobs as you can and whose job is that in Spanish, of course. And then I'll see how many they can get to. Or it could be an elimination game, write as many words as you can about whatever the story we just did or the book or the first chapter. And then I'll see how many words I can get that are on your board. Slightly different to bingo, but very similar. We might do some reading in that last day of the week, a bit of a ping pong reading. So translating back and forth for each other. But as you can see, really the week goes build routines, introduce some new content, whatever that may be, if that's about each other, the class, the book, the theme, the unit. Have an opportunity to get lots of inputs through reading and listening. Have output opportunities that are safe and scaffolded and often in pairs and together. Some individual reflection writing time. That's typically how the weeks are planned. Of course, slightly different when you're preparing for exams, but we don't have to do any of those assignments for a number of weeks yet. And one of the favourite ones I like doing on the end of the week for input is either me saying or them reading things about the class. So these are either things they've already written and I've copied into one document or it's our write and discuss that we've done. We've done a, talked about things and I've typed it up. Or it's from the book, but it's just a few sentences, usually in the form of a paragraph, not individual sentences. But there'll be one odd one out in that paragraph. So there'll be something that doesn't fit there. And depending on their level, it'll be either subtle or very obvious. And so there'll be something that's an odd one out and it'll either be me saying it or them reading it. And they have to, whoever writes that down on their whiteboard first gets a point. If they get enough points, they get a little sticker and they love getting these stickers. Doesn't matter what age they are. One of the best purchases ever. You can get like thousands of these stickers for only a few dollars. It's just fantastic. They just say like, well done on them, but they love it. So, so that's typically another input activity that I like doing the odd one out one at the end of the week. And then it's like, why? So we talk about it. Well, why is that not work there? Well, because he is a cardboard box. He does have big ears, but he doesn't have a big nose. He's only got big ears because he likes music. He doesn't like the smell in the nightclubs. All right. That's why that one's an odd one out. Gotcha. And so it's all input based. And then over the weekend, it'll be input based activities, reading, listening, reading more of their book, listening to a video I've done. And we just keep building from there. So I hope I've spoken to you a little bit about how I might introduce a more serious topic, you know, like equality and getting them to do the listen, imagine and draw. Or when it's about community building, it can be kind of separate or on the side if you're doing something quite heavy and serious. And that's okay, you know, to say now we're going to do a different activity. It's a little special person interview or it's a little video talk or it's a little movie talk or it's a picture talk because I want you to learn new words. But it's separate a little bit to what we've been doing in our unit. And it's like a small activity. And that's fine as well. That's totally okay. People often say, how do I fit this into my unit? It's totally okay to pick like a random 
picture talk or movie talk and do that for the value of the Spanish or the language they're getting out of it. And as long as it's just a little activity and you can build on that as much as you want, or maybe you do those activities for kind of like a whole week and then you concentrate on the maybe more serious topic inside your unit if that's what you're doing. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. Muchas gracias a todos. I really hope that that was useful and just showing you how I begin the year. Remember, my focus in this week three and four going forward is cohesion, connections and competence. The competence one is massive. I'm constantly trying to show them that they've done something right. So on their mini whiteboards, I'll be going around and go, oh, that's really nice. Oh, well remembered. Nice spelling of that. Oh, yeah, that's exactly right. How did you remember that? Very nice. You stand up and share that with everybody to show them that they're doing things right. Very few, if any, corrections or, you know, formal feedback of the writing and speaking. Not at all. Not yet. That's plenty of time for that. Build the competence first. Show them the things they're doing well. Speak to them one-on-one. Show them on the whiteboard. Wow, that's really nice. Wow, you could remember all those words. That's super impressive. You could remember that sentence. Nice. You remembered he had a dog called Micah. That's really great memory. And you use that word really nicely too. Especially those students who maybe are suffering from low confidence. There we go. That is the Motivated Classroom podcast. Thank you so much. I hope you've enjoyed this little three-part series. Remember, our Irish word for today was fuckle, meaning word, nothing like the English, okay? <laughs> Certainly not to be confused. So if you hear someone in Ireland saying, you know, cade on fuckle, means like, what is the word for? So be careful of that one. Of course, I want to say a huge Gurramilamagav thank you to all of you patrons and the people on Buy Me A Coffee who keep this podcast going, who support the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. I genuinely do. I can't believe how many people this has reached. And thank you for all the emails and messages. It's It really is lovely to see that it's having such an impact. So please continue to support it. Of course, if you're not in a financial position to do that, to get a coffee or a lovely bag of crisps for me once a month, that's no problem. Just keep listening for free. Keep sharing it. Keep telling your friends about it. That's all I ask. The Motivated Classroom podcast is an original production by Liam Printer. I'm at Liam Printer on Twitter and my YouTube channel is Liam Printer The Motivated Classroom. Full podcast notes with links to resources are available on my website, liamprinter.com. For more, find and follow The Motivated Classroom podcast on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Graphics and music are provided by Paul Mahan. Intro clips are thanks to the wonderful multilingual staff at the International School of Lausanne.